How'd they get you? Uh, hi, I'm Ted, uh, Hateful Dark Black on the forums, and this is How They Get You, a Malifaux podcast where I interview people who beat me at Malifaux and get them to tell me how they did it. Uh, I'm here today with Micah. Uh, hi, Micah. Hello. Uh, I had the glorious opportunity this weekend uh, to play against Micah in a tournament at Breaching the Foe in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I think we both uh, managed to travel a little bit to get there, uh, uh, and it was a fantastic tournament, a lot of fun. Um, and this was, Micah, this was your first tournament, right? Yes, my first tournament ever. But you have for been... For Malifaux. For Malifaux. Yes. Uh, but you have been playing Malifaux a lot um, with uh, your family? Yeah, it's all with my brothers. So my, my first games of Malifaux against anybody who wasn't my brother was at this event. So that, that was a lot of fun and a, and a great way to jump into it for sure. Yeah, and you, you definitely really rocked the event. Uh, we played the first game of the second day. It was a two-day tournament. Uh, and uh, I, I actually had been doing pretty well the first day. I had gotten... Uh, a win, a win, and a tie, and a whole bunch of points. And then when you played against me, that was it, <laughs> uh, which was uh, great. Uh, how did how did you end up doing in the tournament? Uh, five and zero. Oh. Five and zero, oh. superb. Yeah, with an average differential of five and a half. Nice, nice. Yeah, I had no idea actually how any of that scoring stuff worked. Um, uh huh. How tournaments points. I, I, I had seen the packet, but it really wasn't the sort of priority for me. I was spending most of my energy trying to get things painted. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I gave you my favorite opponent of the event. <laughs> it was definitely a super fun event. It was really fun. You're very kind. Um, awesome. Um, so uh, let's see. Let's talk about, first of all, uh, what were the game parameters and what was the end score? Um, so we were playing Preaching the Foe as a story encounter tournament. So we were playing with a special story encounter called uh, Ambushed. And what that was, there was a token in the middle of the board. And what you needed to do was uh, any model could take an interact action to gain a condition uh, if they were in base contact with that token. And then you could end that condition on a model to get a VP for the strategy each turn. So it was sort of like a kind of a squatter's rights, but with only one marker, and then the model didn't need to stay near it, and you could kill the mark, kill the model that touched it to uh, to stop it from happening. Yeah, it's kind of like a reversed exhauster force. Yeah, 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 it's like that. Um, and then the schemes were convict labor, hunting party, exhaust their forces, search the ruins, and neutralize the leader. And um, let's see, the end score, uh, I think it was something like 9-2? to two? I, I think I got the 10th on that one. Oh, that's right, that's right. 10 to, yeah. yeah. Um, and let's see, you got, um, yeah. It was actually a lot closer than the score might suggest. <laughs> there, was a, there was a tipping point in the middle of the game that where things really started to go my way, that if I hadn't won initiative, it could have very well been a different game. 
that that was a definitely an interesting part. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about. Um, we'll we'll get to that in the what problems did you have and how did you overcome them. Um, let's talk about your crew. What crew did you pick and how do they work together? So I picked a Pandora crew, and uh -huh. it's a very different kind of Pandora crew than what I've seen, um, at least on Pull My Finger and on the weird forums. So I, I'm probably not the only person who plays her this way, but I hadn't run into anyone or I hadn't read about it any other way. Yeah, and you but, play her without any sorrows. Yeah, no sorrows. Basically, you take the crew box and uh, nothing in there comes right. along. Nothing right. from a crew box, just her. And what I think of as the Neverborn All-Stars, it's like basically taking a pile of, of Neverborn figures that have intensely awesome synergy and then adding Pandora to it as a support master, as sort of an enabler. Yeah. Um, she's more than support. She obviously can kill things and all that. Right, right. right. She wiped out half my crew, so I wouldn't call her support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She so, has that potential, and I'll get into that some about yeah. sort of like how the crew can sort of shift modes. Yeah. Um, but just to go through the list of, of what I took, so I took Pandora um, with the Voices Limited Upgrade instead of the Box Opens. I played with the Box Opens once, I don't get the point, honestly. I know people love it, but Voices gives me the control to use my high cards to pick what to paralyze, as opposed to letting you use your, your cards against horror duels. It right. just seems far more effective to me. And Voices um, is the one that gives uh, a paralyzed trigger on her ranged attack. Is that right? And her melee attack. And yeah. her melee attack on pros. Right. You get a trigger, and you basically do no damage, but they're paralyzed. There's no flip. There's no nothing. There's a bunch of nasty stuff, including yeah. it doesn't require the built-in suit, so Counterspell doesn't do you any good, um, and it still ticks the Misery Aura, but it's basically I can trade a high card and an AP to shut down your master. Yeah, and that uh, that is instead of giving Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, instead of Terrifying, which, which puts the control over who's paralyzed in your hands because you can pick where you're going to put your cheat cards. Well put. And, and then you had another upgrade in there. On Pandora. Yeah, so the other the other two that I, I pretty much always take these three mainly because I don't know any better. But Wings of Darkness is uh, is amazing. Yeah. The, um, the extra card card you get, I stone for cards pretty much every turn because I'm always fishing for thirteens to keep them uh, master paralyzed. Uh -huh. um, and then the flight turns out to be extremely valuable for Pandora. Yeah. One of the biggest counterplay methods against Pandora because she can push when she wins. On, on her willpower duel when she's defending um, is to surround her. And that's a really effective method just so that she can't push out. She gets trapped in, in your in, in your figures. Well, with Wings of Darkness, I can either fly her out or what I prefer to do is use Lolitu to lure her out. So I can, you know, basically get her out of out of some crappy situation because uh -huh. she can just hop right over the figure. So that, to me, is an always take. I, I yeah. never leave home without it. And then the third one, which... I, I mainly take because I'm scared is Ether Connection which is just a plus one damage prevent on a stone right that's um, a fantastic one yeah it's all around great I probably if, if with more experience and more understanding of other crews I'll find times I can not take it or factions maybe I'll stop taking it against but until I know better I'm basically just taking it, it every time it really helped you I think um, so there was Wings of Darkness yeah. there's a thing I wanted to talk to you about here which was uh, Wings of Darkness and you also took uh, the primordial magic, and those yeah. two kind of set something really interesting up with Pandora that 
Uh, I think other Neverborn can do as well, but no one else in the game really can quite do this this kind of thing. Can you talk about uh, the car- the start of turn card cycling that you have? Yeah, so basically, it, you, you actually see this most with Lilith because she also has Russia Magic. Mm-hmm. But what Russia Magic does for those who don't know is you get to draw a card and then discard a card. And Primordial Magic gives you Russia Magic and mm-hmm. it, during the draw phase. You draw a card and discard a card. So essentially, with Pandora and Stoning for Cards, I'm going to end up drawing 10 cards and discarding four. Right. And that's going to push my whole hand up a, a notch or two, uh, meaning that. You know, for the six my opponent has, I'm going to have an eight. For right. their 11, I'll have a 12. For their 12, I'll have a 13. Or if they have a 13, I'll have two 13s. Right. I've always got just that one step better on the card. And since I'm throwing sevens on my stats at your, your team, all across my team, just about, almost every opposed duel I'm throwing at you is going to be a six or a seven, usually a seven, then it's generally, I'm either going to have an advantage or it's just going to be a straight card compare. And if I can beat you by just that one every single time, mm-hmm. what you'll find is as long as I've got a hand, you're losing pretty much every opposed duel. And yeah. And it's really nasty. Yeah. So let's see. What else in your crew? There was uh, Nekima or Nekima? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Nekima, I call her, I guess. I don't uh-huh. know. Um, yeah, I, I take her. She's basically the person. She's Pandora's dive buddy. So if yeah. I'm going to paralyze something and, and, and slow your crew down, I want somebody on my team to be starting, you know, making use of that and killing stuff. And Nakima makes use of that and kills stuff. Yep. And um, I should also mention throws out an amazing amount of willpower pulses. Yeah. Um, people don't seem to have identified this, at least not on the forums that I've read. I actually added and pulled my finger a little bit to try to say, hey, look, Nakima and Pandora are cookies and milk. Yeah. Here. Thank you so, for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I'm amazed at, at that. It's you know, it sort of seems to have flown under the radar, although I've heard winds at not so much anymore. People are starting to take her more and more. But mm-hmm. with Teach Them Fear, which is her zero, she turns it on, and for the rest of the turn, if she kills something, she pulses a range four, target 14 horror duel. Yeah. That's a beast of a horror duel. Yeah. And then let's see, you also had uh, two models to lure. One was. Lily, too, who was doing luring. She didn't really seem to come into the action much. She was mostly doing kind of board control luring people. Yeah, she'll usually be a backline lure bot. Um, I, I use her to either pull something out of position or to get um, bring Nikima home uh-huh. if, if the cards are going wrong or bring Pandora home. Right. Um, and, then, and then, of course, Doppelganger, who's just an absolute bonkers piece. Right. And she gave you, Doppel, she gave you the initiative. She gave you the... Uh, you seem to be using her a lot for luring, and then she also gave you um, uh, being able to cheat the initiative. And, and she had Don't Mind Me, but you didn't end up needing it, but might have been really nice for that scenario. If you hadn't shut me down otherwise, that might have been necessary. Yeah, and the last thing she does is copies Nakima's sword. Oh, nice, yeah. So and and then you also had a Waldgeist, which seemed like it was a very defensive model that you used kind of to hold a position. Oh, uh, yeah. So the reason why the, the Waldgeist pretty much will always show up is because I love him so very much. Uh-huh. He's just, he's cute. I've painted him well. And I just, he's my very first favorite weird model. Aww. You know, when I went to the store and I saw the Waldgeist, like, I must have those guys and play this game. They're yeah. so cool. I can't honestly say he really fits the build, but it's an awesome model, and if I can find a use for him, he's 
great, and he turned out being very useful in our game, just just for unimpeded. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, so he kind of moved fairly quickly just because he wasn't worried about the terrain. There was a lot of uh, severe terrain on the board we had. But then also, he kind of sat there and held position right by the marker and just got your VP every turn. Yeah, so he was he ended up doing what I thought originally the doppelganger would be doing with Don't Mind Me. Uh-huh. And actually, I gotta say, um, he does ha- he did have a good place in this particular scenario too, because projecting that four inch engage in around that marker so that he might shut down other people trying to interact yeah. is, is very useful. Yeah, and then the last model I recall you having was Johan. Yes, that's that's exactly right. I think Johan, um, he doesn't always make the crew, but especially when I'm playing into something I don't know, like Gremlins. I'm going to take him because I don't know what condition I need to be afraid of. Right, and that that definitely affected play. Are there other models that you sometimes switch in, and if so, when? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. Um, so I, uh, Tater Tots and Insidious Madness and uh-huh. Solurid are always going to be options. So when I'm looking at scheme running, this, this game we didn't really have scheme running. Right. But if I'm looking at scheme marker running, I'm looking at the board, I'm, you know, sort of, you know, tracing lines that I routes that I think they'll take, looking for what terrain they'll have to jump between, and do I need the crazy twenty inches you get out of a tater tot, or do I need the um, um, incorporeal from the Insidious Madness, uh-huh. or is do I need to go all the way to a Solera because I might be taking shots, or or you know, right. I'm going to have to be out in the open essentially. Right. Um, and then the last piece that I put in there a lot of the time is the mysterious effigy for if I need. A cheap scheme runner to basically um, double up. It's like the, the mysterious effigy is great for sending off on a scheme running mission where she's going to get attacked because those effigies have such great defensive stats for force. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Ones. Cool. Um, so uh, let's talk about schemes. What schemes did you pick and why? So I picked Hunting Party. Uh-huh. I had Nikima, I had Johan, I had Doppelganger. Those are three very killy enforcers slash henchmen. Yeah, it seems like Nikima is pretty much like a hunting party all to herself. Yeah, she's a beast. The biggest problem I have with her in hunting party, um, if I don't have Johan along, um, or the Doppelganger's not going to be able to contribute by copying her sword, is so often I want her to go kill a, a beater. I want her to go kill an enforcer or a henchman. Oh, yeah, yeah. And forcing her to go on minion killing duty can be a problem, but... Um, your list was your fighters were your moon shinobi uh-huh. who were going to be beating up on things while brewmaster pulsed this nice shutdown aura. Yeah. So that meant so to kill your fighters, I need to kill your moon shinobi. So it, it worked out nicely there. Yeah. And the um, other scheme I, that you took? Yeah. And the other one I took was I believe exhausted forces. I'm racking my brain trying to make sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure I took. I think that's right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't take neutralized leader into a, a master I'd never played before and I'd right. never played broodmaster. Just I, I don't know what sort of things I might miss on the card. And Search the Ruins didn't make any sense because um, we were going to be tied up and it's going to be hard enough to put interacts on that stone, let alone also putting schemes around when we're all going to be in that middle space. Right, definitely, definitely. Um, so, uh, and, and you got full score for both of those, so I think that, that went well. Um, Let's talk. We talked a little bit, but let's talk about the terrain and how it affected the game. Um, there was kind of a, um, uh, from what I recall, there was a lot of severe terrain, kind of in the middle of the board on each of our sides. Yeah, we both had to sort of truck through. Uh, what 
I think I probably had about six or seven inches in front of me. Uh-huh. I guess you picked the side with the shallower, severe patch. Right. But you still had like four or five inches in front of you. I did, yeah. Yeah, so so that was a, that had a pretty big impact. It meant that um, I threw Pandora up, like, as I often will, and I can talk about that um, a little later. But it meant that my follow-up behind her was all delayed. Yeah. But it also meant that when I lured Ionis out, your follow-up to, to to support him was delayed. So we had this kind of initial thing where Pandora was overextended and Ionis was overextended because neither one of us, neither one of the rest of our crews could really quite get up, up right, there. Right, right. It seemed like both of us had kind of... So you had several models with flight. Uh, Pandora had flight. Nekima had flight. Um, I had a bunch of pushes, and pushes don't care so much about uh, severe terrain. So we were both able to get, like, a model forward a lot, but not everything. And so that kind of ended up with each of us, I think I think you're right, each of us having a uh, a model that was overextended, although yours was a lot more <laughs> defended than mine. Um, yeah. So when you, uh, when you started things, what was your plan? Uh, what was your plan to win? Yeah, so originally I was looking at the board thinking that uh, we we're going to fight around the middle. I like to whenever there's a middle kind of a, a, a strategy like that. Uh-huh. I like the fight to happen on my opponent's 40-yard line, right? I well want put, my yeah. four pieces to be sitting at the 50, and I want all the battle to be happening at the 60 so that you can't quite get in there, right? Right, right, so right. That was my kind of original plan, threw that out, that out the window pretty early. Um, but then I looked at the Brewmaster, and you're, he's such an enabler for your whole crew. He's going to be your lockdown bubble. He was going to be the handing out the poison to, you know, buffing guys and obeying guys, I mean. Um, so it was a pretty typical plan that I have with this crew, which is that I'm going to take my cards in the first order of business with Paralyze Your Master, and then see what's left after that to do some healing with the Hema. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had a, a performer for Don't Mind Me. Yeah. Um, we both had Don't Mind Me because we both saw that, you know, getting that middle was going to be a little tricky. Right. So Insight is a great thing to have. Um, Insight gives us a mood swing. Yeah. Pandora allows Pandora to, you know, Put a condition on something that says next time that my my opponent can activate, I can choose that they have to activate that model that has the mood swing condition on it instead of whatever else that might choose. So if I can land in sight on your performer with Pandora, um, it'll carry across the turn, and then I can force your performer to go, and I'm manipulative turned off. Right. So it seems like with Pandora, something that you do is you kind of pick a, a less uh, a less valuable model with a low willpower uh, to to be an insight target that is not as key to the opponent's crew, so that you can um, you can kind of throw them off and and force them to use that instead of the thing that's really in a key position, and then yeah. also paralyze their master. Does that sound like? Yes. Yeah. So the, so that's absolutely right. Insight. You want to you want to be tossing that on the low willpower non threatening that they don't want to activate, but but particularly non-threatening, because it'll allow you to overextend like crazy, and then even if you lose the initiative, even with the doppelganger cheat, if you've got some insights down, you can still possibly get out of there before they punch you back. Uh-huh. Um, and the other thing with insight that is so nasty is you put insight on the master, you put paralysis on the master. Oh. It doesn't matter if they have condition removal, because I can force the master to go, and then the paralysis is triggered, and they don't get activated. Right. 
so it gets right around condition removal there. That's yeah, nice. Um, so other things, so you kind of, your plan was to get things on the, uh, on my 40 yard line, um, uh, and, uh, kind of so that you would be controlling the area that was generating the strategy VP and then kind of fight me there while you're earning VP. Would that be an accurate way of putting it? Yes. And then kind of keep me off tempo the whole time. Um, you definitely did keep me off tempo the whole time. Um, so I guess, do you want to talk about how it actually went down when we got into play? Yeah, sure. So I didn't really, the, the fight ended up being that, um, Pandora was mostly overextended and I almost lost her. Uh-huh. So there was an interesting thing that happened at the beginning. Um, Ionis came out Yeah. and I, and I was able to get loot out. He, he was suddenly a, a lure target and I wasn't expecting to be pulling anybody in toward that, that marker, but Ionis was a problem. He, he's got that. Um, slow pulse he can send off of his target yeah. without a trigger. I forget exactly how that works, but I don't like that at all. And there was a special piece of terrain, a marker terrain that gave you plus two to cast that right. was in this encounter. And he could move that. Yeah. So he was, he was a big problem. Um, so I went ahead and sort of took, I, I, I jumped at the opportunity to yank him across the board. Well, then you responded by moving your brewmaster up and obeying him so that I couldn't charge into him with Johan. Um, and I don't think I could charge him with the Kimi either. I think he positioned him so I had to double fly. Right, yeah, I hid behind some stuff. Yeah, so you, you did a good move there. I didn't see that coming, actually. Um, and what that, that actually had an interesting cascade effect because what happened is that brought your brewmaster forward early on the turn because you wanted to get out there quickly before I could pounce him, pounce mm-hmm. him on it. Which meant now I could take Pandora and do my fly, fly, and sight to get within range of Brewmaster to hit uh-huh. him with the paralysis. Which, if I can paralyze the master on turn one after they've gone, so that I have the whole next turn to take advantage of their paralysis, yeah, that's really big. Yeah, that um, was it, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, and that doesn't normally happen. Um, and I again, I didn't see that sequence of events playing out, but it it, it kind of all started with. Um, me kind of panicking about Ionis and his ability to slow my whole crew because we are all going to be shoveling up through that sort of that um, severe terrain pass that uh, uh, you know I instead of moving forward my whole crew I pulled you toward me yeah and so then then yeah and then it that, seemed that, like that sort of started the fight right and then by the end of it um, kind of, there was a thing that happened that, uh, I started putting a lot of poison on Pandora, uh, and poison, Brewmaster's, uh, poison reduces willpower. And Pandora for a turn was very, very vulnerable because yeah. she was at willpower minus three. But yeah. what you ended up doing was bringing in Johan. And I guess we're getting into the what problems did you have and how'd you overcome them? Um, yeah. you brought in Johan and, uh, removed the poison from her. Uh, and I had her down to like, I had done like six damage to her or something like yeah, that. So I think she was down to three life. I three think life? I had her almost dead. Yeah, even with, even with Soulstone Reduction, she was pretty close to dead. Um, yeah. if I had one initiative, but I, uh, you had, of course, we both had, uh, El Omen, so that wasn't quite easy, but, uh, initiative might have done it. She, there was a chance she might have died. And instead of that, you cleared the condition from her. And then she was pretty much able to then move into the middle of my crew and just kill them all with, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the ability. I'm sorry. Just the, inf- the inflict ability. Inflict. 
And uh, yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about how you used Inflict? Yeah, so so going back to the, sort of the problem that you had and how you overcame it, it started on turn two when I drew a really poor cheat hand, um, uh-huh. and I couldn't get the I couldn't beat you on the ill omens, and I couldn't paralyze Brewmaster either. They didn't have the high cards. Well, this is one of the ways in which Pandora can switch gears. It's really really cool, uh, really powerful. Um, in that, if I draw if I draw kind of weak cheat hand, I can start using Inflict. Now, what Inflict does. Um, is it's a, it's a one AP tactical action Pandora takes. I don't flip anything. There's no there's no duel on my side, but every enemy model within four is going to take a target 14 willpower duel, or they're going to take a point of damage, which will trigger the misery aura on the front on the Burkhard, which means they'll take another point of damage. So they'll take two hits of one damage. Right. Um, and it's really really nice because it requires no cards to draw five. So if I don't have the cards for Pandora to do all her paralyzed shenanigans, I instead switch gears, go to inflict. And so that turn two, before she got that that poison stacked all over her, in fact, I think it was after. I think you won initiative, got poison on her. Now her willpower is low, which means um, she can't incite and, and she's vulnerable. Right. But inflict, I don't use my stats. Right. right? You just so, suddenly it's all about like you kind of got yourself into the middle of my crew and then just pulls that out three times, and that killed a bunch of my models and uh, drained a bunch of my cards for the models I was trying to keep alive. Yeah, and it and it and it, and it basically, while I didn't get to shut down Brewmaster, and it did ultimately result in Pandora being in a lot of trouble, I could do it with a weak cheat hand. Yeah. Um, so then the next turn, it's like my hand can inverted, and I pulled a red Joker and a thirteen. I think um, the. 13 is really, really common with the draw 10. Sure. Having Red Joker and 13, I think I did have Red Joker and 13, meant that I could just take Johan, clear the condition, and still have high enough cards that I could get Pandora out of there. Because um, I may not have made it clear before, but when she wins a a, a posed duel with her willpower, such as she's being attacked, say, she gets to push four inches. So a lot of the time, if I just have one high card to, to defend with, I can get her to safety. Right, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then uh, at that point, like, you did another set of rounds of Inflict, and that pretty much killed my crew. And at that point, like, it was just a matter of you mopping up VP. Yeah, yeah, because basically I used my high card for the initiative cheat, and I used my high card for defensive flips that I needed to stay alive. And so once again, I didn't have the cards to drive the killing, but I think you had some bad flips or something in there, too. Um that allowed me to use the inflict to finish off the crew. Yeah, I, I don't think it was bad flips. I think it was just, I, I, I actually got good flips. It was just, you had the card advantage and, and, and had shut me down at that point. Um, so do you want to talk about, uh, oppor- uh, were there any other opportunities that you weren't expecting to have happen, but that you saw and jumped in on? So um, killing off Apprentice Wesley, I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but then I was mm-hmm. able to for inflict that was kind of nice and a very useful thing for yeah. playing a brewmaster. Um, but I think the the biggest one that I just hadn't really thought of until it, it was in front of me was using Nakima's big old base and height to break engagements so that I could interact with the middle piece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. good. That's right. Yeah, because at one point I had a few models uh, and you just uh, moved uh, Nakima in between my models and yours so that your Vultgeist was able to interact because nothing nothing could see it. Yeah. So yeah. 
that that was an important one. That was really good. Um, what was the best moment of the game for you? Oh, definitely watching those Mushinobi pound Pandora's face. That was hilarious. <laughs> I'd never, I'd never seen him before, and I was like, "Holy crap! Those little dudes are awesome!" Yeah. I loved that. It's just, it's so cool how they kind of invert the power dynamic where the stronger you are, the lo- more likely they're going to be on minus flips, therefore on plus flips, and then you're going to start really feeling it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so when you had me at my willpower debuff to where you could hit me, but then you were still getting, I think you got a minus two flip in there. Uh-huh. You got a plus two damage flip on me and started hitting me. I think you got a four or something on your, on your severe. Yeah, that was my favorite part. That made me, <laughs> I, I had never thought of, so I'd looked at the, the pictures for the various gremlins. And Brewmaster was kind of cool, but you couldn't really see his face, and I don't know, he hadn't jumped out at me. Uh-huh. Those moon shinobi made, made me go, hmm, maybe I'll play Brewmaster someday. Those guys are cool. <laughs> cool. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Um, so, what advice do you have for others playing Pandora? So, um, pl- playing against her. Uh, no, no, for other people who are picking up Pandora... And oh, they say, Micah, I want to, like, be amazing at Pandora like you. How do I do it? <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Um, well, so first off, don't take my advice if you're going to take the crew box. I played it one time. I couldn't make it work. And then went back to synergies I knew from playing Lilith, basically. And, uh, uh-huh. and started finding that she was such a, an amazing enabler. But I would say the, the, the big things with, with Pandora are... Um, looking for how you can get your insight movement, double uh-huh. insights. You know, don't be afraid to spend tomes, uh, uh, stones on tomes to be able to trigger to do an insight twice. Right. Because her mobility is so so very important. Um, and then, if you're going to go this route that I have of having sort of the control Pandora with the killing Akima, um, probably the the two big things: no win to fight because you drew a great hand. And know when to cause lots of simple duels because you didn't draw a right hand. Cool. And then don't spread the fight out because so much of, of the way I play my crew with Pandora is I want to um, leverage my awesome hands that I will typically have. So I want the last opposed duel to be when I cheat my last card and then no more opposed duels for the rest of the, rest of the round. And that basically, and that kind of holds true with Lilith too, but when you've got your Neverborn Master with your Wings of Darkness and your Primordial Magic and your Cheat Hand's awesome, you want to have your last opposed duel fall with your last Cheat card and then done for the turn. Cool. So, that's because it's not really Pandora specific, I guess, but it's kind of more like a, a Neverbornism I found between Pandora and Lilith and a bit of Zoraida and Dreamer. Cool. And what advice do you have for others who are playing against Brewmaster? Well, first off, I would say make sure you're playing Ted because he's super cool. We'll tell you everything you need to look out for while you're playing against him. So that's that's super handy. <laughs> um, and, but then otherwise, I'd say, uh, you know, Pull My Finger actually has a good list of things on there about how to deal with Brewmaster. And I'd rather than repeat those, I'd say just go read that. And then I'd add on to it just because this worked really well for me. His shutdown aura, his really nasty one, is, is a three or a three. So... Most movement tricks will get you out of that. You can uh-huh. push four or something. Or if you can push him, either get him away from your crew or get your crew away from him. Don't go into the aura to try to bail a guy out. Move right. the guy out or move Brewmaster. And it seemed like condition removal was also helpful against him for you. Yeah, yeah. I 
that's right. That was sort of the number one thing. Yeah, take take Johan or similar for uh-huh. sure. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I look forward to playing you again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot.